Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. G'day and welcome to the COB for this Friday. Andrew joined by Kyle. Kyle, not a bad day on the markets. In fact, we've seen a bit of a comeback as far as the commodities are concerned. Yeah, I think thank you, China, uh, for that uh, lovely news overnight that it would be issuing, what was it, 200 billion US? 220 billion US, what, one and a half trillion yuan? Yes, to uh, to raise funds for infrastructure spending, the, the latest salvo, I suppose, in uh, the central government's bid to stimulate the economy. So we've seen a little bit of a rebound. Some of those global growth concerns alleviated. I think it's something that we have been speaking about with guests right for a while is that if the uh, the US does slow down, if, if the rest of the world does slow down, um, then China has to pick up the slack and maybe this is a sign that that, um, that may be the case. So good stuff and the ASX 200 is, um, is surging today. Yeah, so we've seen that rebound in the materials space uh, most up certainly the uh, the iron ore producers uh, up uh, BHP you know around two percent even the gold is coming back today lithium as well and uh, the energy space also making a bit of a comeback too with the price of oil having surged overnight once again Kyle it's coming back to that uh, demand versus supply mm. uh, I guess it's a uh, we're trying to work out what's going on here because initially we saw that sell-off and it was because the thought that demand was being crushed. Mm. Um, now it's back to traders thinking, well, actually, this is more a supply issue now <laughs> so, given what's going on with the issue in Ukraine and Russia. Yeah, the narrative changes every day. But again, that China story certainly gave the demand side um, outlook a, a little bit of a boost. Clearly, those supply side issues, at least from the guests that we keep talking to, are, uh, aren't looking like they're going to go anywhere anytime soon. But um, I think, you know, we talk about narratives all, all, all the time. Um, perhaps this is just a market grappling for the narrative because clearly still uh, the concern is inflation versus recession and how do you position for one or the other. Yeah, in fact, we're going to get a good read. Well, another read, I should say. More data coming to us from the States overnight with the non-farm payrolls number. Although, interestingly, um, speaking to a few guests out of the States this morning, they were saying, look, that we're not really so concerned about that now. It, the big number, of course, next week is going to be the, the latest read on inflation with the CPI. Yeah, well, I mean, when you consider that it's all about trying to define and price in expectations for Fed policy, will this jobs number do anything material to change the fact that we keep hearing they're going to go for another 75 and probably 50 the meeting after that? Perhaps not. So maybe it won't have an impact. Of course, you know, there's always the chance that there might be some kind of wild hit or miss on wages or, or the total... Um, uh, top line or the headline number for for jobs there, um, but perhaps if something you know if we get something roughly in line with expectations, it's it's not going to really change the fact that the Fed expectations for the Fed are for for that seventy five and fifty at the next two meetings. Yeah, so interesting to see how this plays out. Whether um, investors still look for some sort of bottom or. Maybe it's uh, just one of those, um, you know, we're seeing more movement just as far as, you know, what, what goes on, the traditional bear market and how it reacts to this sort of news, which mm. um, 
I guess, uh, consensus is really that that volatility is going to continue at this point. <laughs> so we're still looking for opportunities, of course, and uh, to provide that for us today, we actually, uh, on the call, our stock of the day, turned into actually being a Friday buy day <laughs> when we had uh, Luke Winchester from Merriweather Capital and Claude Walker from A Rich Life both nominating those stocks that they would buy right now. Uh, Luke nominating Smart Parking and Claude Cogstate. One that I did buy recently, I think last week, uh, is a company called Cogstate, which I've talked about before. And, you know, it's not a huge holding for me, but I do think it dropped to pretty attractive levels quite recently and it it hasn't come up too much either. Uh, Basically, look, the story here is this is uh, a company that's profitable it makes an EBIT profit. I think it's actually previously not had to pay tax, uh, but however, there there'll be, should be some tax coming forward. And then they are forecasting, you know, a minimum of, um, you know, a certain, uh, around maybe, maybe 10 million EBIT for FY 2022. And so I think that they're a profitable little software company. I expect smart parking to be the same. It's, it's a sector that will always have the threat of regulation over it. Um, but unlike Macmillan Shakespeare and Smart Group, where they are today, um, smart parking is very much in that earnings growth phase. I expect they can maybe double or triple their earnings over the next few years. So shareholders can still do really well, even if that sort of terminal multiple is never going to be more than maybe a, a 10 times EBITDA or an 8 times EBITDA. So it's the most recent one I bought. I've got a write-up on the website. Um, so, yeah, that's my, my, my fry yay buy. So there you go. That's their recommendations from both Luke and Claude, the small cap specialist, on a Friday. Kyle, uh, what are you looking forward to next? Because I'm looking at the calendar. Next week is jam-packed. Yeah, well, I mean, we get uh, continued Fed speak, I think, going into what's going to be a very interesting meeting at the end of the July. So it's going to be challenging to, to go past anything that comes out of the mouth of a voting member of the FOMC. I know I said before that, you know, clearly we're still locked in on that 75 and 50 for um, the next two meetings. But, you know, what I think markets are really trying to price in right now is what's going to go on by the end of this year and the start of next and, of course, the trajectory for U.S. growth. So that, for me, is going to be pretty pretty significant. Um, but like you said, it's, it's pretty jam-packed. Yeah, certainly locally we've got um, the latest monthly consumer uh, confidence read, which has been obviously very negative. Uh, Labor Force 2... Um, with uh, looking for continued uh, growth there is around 25,000 jobs is the forecast there. Um, and overseas, yeah, lots lots to get our sink our teeth into. Obviously tonight we mentioned the non-farm payrolls, but also next week we've got the latest uh, CPI read out of the States, the beige book, producer prices, retail sales, uh, manufacturing, um, along with uh, consumer sentiment. And um, also a bit of focus on China. We mentioned that at the beginning, just as far as that potential stimulus package too. Very confusing pictures about what's going on with COVID at the moment because Shanghai initially lifting that lockdown. Now I'm looking at news uh, later today that um, perhaps COVID cases are again surging there. So watch this space. Hmm. Uh, And also a bit of movement just as far as central banks are concerned, Bank of Canada and the RBNZ also likely to move again. Yep, yep. I think that's uh, that's the consensus. And the other thing to throw in there too, you might uh, might have arrived eventually before uh, I got there, but awfully, awfully close. In fact, we start to really get uh, a number of US corporates uh, beginning to 
kick things off for, for US earnings season, which will be fascinating as well. Comes around quickly, doesn't it? And uh, of course, quickly. yeah, because we've been uh, focusing on valuations. Now it is all about the earnings. So that's going to be very telling. Yeah, um, going from that P forward. to the E as we keep yeah, talking about. Absolutely. Right? The price fact, has fallen. Uh, where are the earnings going? Yeah, we're going to be starting with the big banks there and we'll be all over that uh, next week when that begins. Uh, haven't mentioned the Aussie dollar also. Obviously, that fell to two-year lows uh, over the course of the week. How are you seeing that at the moment, Carl? Well, again, it's that China story we keep getting told. Yeah. Uh, interest rates, uh, the interest rate narrative isn't, isn't doing particularly much as we saw on Tuesday when you know uh, rates were hiked and, and the move was, well, slightly to the downside, but it wasn't. Uh, it was, was sort of passed fairly quickly. Um, but sentiment, China, um, if we get that sort of story going in the right direction, then you know maybe we have a bit of a bounce for, for the Aussie. But it's hard to shake at the moment that uh, we're really hooked into that late cycle activity in global markets. So that says to me that maybe the risk is skewed to the downside for the Aussie. But um, again, sentiment in China, that'll be the, the drivers. So any development there will tell you where the Aussie goes, I think. Yeah, in the midst of school holidays, if you're travelling overseas, mm, I'm sorry about that, uh, <laughs> given where that dollar is at the moment. But uh, look, if you are actually having a week or two off, um, enjoy it and enjoy the weekend. Carl, hope you have a good one. You too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.